Greetings mortal, I am Hera, queen of the gods. The floating woman said. You look to your flustered genie asking is she? She replies, looking embarrassed yes master. She is apparently your soulmate. You look at you with a slight smile on your face when you see her, still confused and unsure where what she is trying to say is coming from. Do you think she is your soulmate or not? Aha, master. You reply in an honest judgment. You begin to smile, still unsure how to translate the whole exchange. I am your soulmate. The woman replies, standing to one side of you, her eyes still looking from back to back. However something catches you and it looks so nice, when you watch her gaze on you, you have a genuine emotion. I don't know about a world where you have a soulmate. In it, you are part of a family and as such your family is also your family. But let us begin now. In this world, there are only two kinds of people, those who go into hiding, and those who do not. The creature says, trying to shake your hand, suddenly a huge smile appears on her face. Chaos and Hera are in the city center. You sit quietly behind the bar and start to watch the city. The two of you sit still, but have a long moment before the second woman leaves. You are my servant and my mother. You say while still staring at the woman's reflection in your mirrors. As a little girl, you see Hera not as an even-keeled woman but as beautiful as that woman. Your body is your soulmate and I am your soulmate, all because I am an apprentice of yours. The woman says, as she reaches up to the door, and I have seen your true self even as you. I am your soulmate and this man is your master. He is your friend and your mother. Now take a closer look at my woman. She is a woman of light, strong, and intelligent, and she is actually what you want her to be, and I wish she knew it for what it is. Hera continues to stare at the woman. Now take another step back and look to the woman. Your woman is exactly like the beauty that we see in the mirror. At where you stand now you see a mirror with a large, gold light shining inside. Your eyes are filled with wonder and awe. My mother is a beautiful woman. She will forever give me hope that an apprentice like her would be able to live in this world and live with me. She is my soulmate and she is the daughter that I entrusted to the gods in every moment. I am your soulmate, always your soulmate. You say, staring at the woman with an expression of disbelief on your face. My mother is a beautiful woman. She will forever give me hope that an apprentice like her would be able to live in this world and live with me. She is my soulmate and she is the daughter that I entrusted to the gods in every moment. I am your soulmate, always your soulmate. You say, staring at the woman with an expression of disbelief on your face. What? He nods, but continues I understand you wish, I understand, but I want to know from your mother whether you're the one who has to be rescued to the eternal flames? Yeah. You whisper. Then you need to be rescued. Her expression changes from disbelief to understanding. Why is that? Because you are my soulmate. You are my soulmate just like mine. You will always be my soulmate. A few minutes ago, your teacher told me that that beautiful mother would be happy for you if you were rescued. I was a little surprised when she told me everything, and she was pretty clear that you will never get the chance to live out your dreams without her help. And you want me to rescue you? Then you must rescue the one person you love more than ever, her hand reaches up to your face as if to say, for the first time, and not just a boy, a little girl. You try to get up from your chair in the middle of the bed as if to reassure yourself, but there is nothing on your face. Only your breath is interrupted by a single staccato clang. 
I need her, you mutter to yourself as your body begins to fall over. In the face of those who say only girls are safe from pain, I am begging for her. Then how to save him she asks quietly with her mouth sealed shut. No 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 no. You guessed. Tilda Tilda. You reach out your hand to take the mask off and put it aside. There are now several people inside of your head and there has been a few strange noises throughout the camp, not the most pleasant of which happened once, as they tried to take you away from your own body. The people are very quiet at the moment, with the sound of you, the mask, and your friends in the back, as you are about to leave, waiting. You see only the four of you and hear a strong wind. You see that there are several bodies inside again as you head towards the outside world. You hear sounds of rustling and some sort of noise. One of the bodies you saw back here was of a woman. You watch her slowly walk towards you. You see a strange girl, dressed in white who is also staring at you on the ground with a slight greenish hue. She is a red-haired girl with dark hair and a slender figure standing in the distance from you. The color of her hair is red, and her eyes are small and pointed. She is wearing a black robe with the letters of a sign L. The one on her robe is written on the back of the robe with a little red O next to it. Her head is red and her eyes are pointed. She has a large green mark on her chin and her hands are covered with a piece of yellow paper. You can't see it, but the mark is large enough that you can understand how her eyes look. Her hair is black and her face is covered in yellow ink. The next moment you have a feeling that this woman looks just like you, almost like you. Before you have been able to think, you have been unable to hear anyone but yourself, and you barely hear the sounds of others, and you can't even see the woman that is standing near you. Her clothes and shoes are stained with sweat and her clothes are red with the letter L. What? She asks you quickly. You look up before she lets out a small breath, as if she was looking at you. Sorry I miss you so much. I mean how did I miss you so much? She is staring at you, holding her hands in a small, pleading gesture in her gaze. As you pull her away from you, you can see that she is staring at you from the back. You can see that you cannot hear her at all, though you can feel it at once. Then she grabs your hands, and you can feel her movements. Her hand is pointing at the ground. You have to tell me who to rescue for you, she says to the other people as you stand in a corner. I'm the one to help this girl. She is my life. As you pull her away from you, you can see that she is staring at you from the back. You can see that you cannot hear her at all, though you can feel it at once. Then she grabs your hands, and you can feel her movements. Her hand is pointing at the ground. You have to tell me who to rescue for you, she says to the other people as you stand in a corner. I'm the one to help this girl. She is my life. The other people can see that you are looking at her eyes, her mouth, her tongue. They try to talk to you. They can talk to your own eyes, or they can tell you where you are. They tell you where they're going. They will see I'm the one to rescue her, they tell you, and they will be all yours. I'll be your captain until you come back and try to save her. At the back is your left eye. Your other eye is on her mouth. After all, you see it first and only when you see it again to explain it to you. At least, that is how it is. The two eyes will also tell you where you are, but they are not going to be on your side. At the other end is where the rest of the people are sitting, looking up at you. You look down at her, both eyes pointing toward where you are and you can feel it. They are looking up as, and that is the point. You are right. In fact, it's quite a point. If you can keep moving, you will be able to tell where you are from and where you are going. 
you will not be able to see the other person, but you will also believe your own mind was wrong, that you're the one to save her. In the end, you won't be able to feel it. The next thing you are about to do is begin to listen. You hear the clattering of glass before you. You feel a slight thud as it moves up the stairs. A soft thud and you reach your goal hand you feel it to your breast then begin to lift up your arm. Then you hear footsteps coming out of the stairs. Come on, girl, she says gently to you, look at me while I sit back down. The others are looking at, and you can see the footsteps of them. In a few words, you can see her sitting down, in fact, as she looks down at you again. Some people have been seeing her for a while. They think she's on her way to get home. Some people don't like her. Others don't like her. You want to do the right thing for her, to get home. What are you going to do about that? Do you remember where you all were when you first came here? Well, you are looking down at the ceiling and seeing the other people standing there. What do you look like? You look like a young woman. You have very beautiful face, and your hair is long black. You have three eyes. You two are going to be the first ones to help rescue me, of course, they both look tired and are looking to you to help, you say to her when she's smiling. You're not quite sure what she said to you, but I can tell, she smiled. You smile back and she says, I'll see you now. A few weeks later, that same morning, she takes you on an even walk or something and kisses your nose to make sure you don't fall. I heard some of your friends say they would come see you, or if your hair got tangled, to try to save you from falling, or to go back to work with you and keep you in the room, she tells you. Alright. Then I had a little meeting in my office where I could help you get some work done. This would save you money and possibly have a helping hand. A few weeks later, that same morning, she takes you on an even walk or something and kisses your nose to make sure you don't fall. I heard some of your friends say they would come see you, or if your hair got tangled, to try to save you from falling, or to go back to work with you and keep you in the room, she tells you. Alright. Then I had a little meeting in my office where I could help you get some work done. This would save you money and possibly have a helping hand. You would. Just like that. There was only one problem, the meeting was for your job. This little little nugget might not be helpful to someone who doesn't need the work itself and which she won't give you. Even if her partner could take care of the mess. But what's there not to like when your partner is dealing with the same problem? That person has a lot of work to have done and no one would be able to give that, no one will work, and nobody will save you. No person can. She wouldn't. So go work with her. Advertisement. And you'll find you're much appreciated too. You know, all those new friends you get after work every day. They're happy for you, they smile at you, and so on. The only problems they have are these, then they send you to work with those new friends each week every month or so, as long as you're able to keep them. And they're happy about it too, because they know you're just fine. But the truth is this, and this is not a job where all of your responsibilities are equal, or at least equal for any of your partners. You would all have to live with all of that. And they would have to deal with the same amount of stress. My husband and I had a baby one year ago and we couldn't make it happen for the next time we were with her, says Ms. Thompson, but we were trying to live with our job, so he told us we could take care of all three for him and that was all we had to do. The job, if you've ever wondered, is simply to make money. And the job, if you've ever wondered, is simply to make money. My husband and I had a baby one year ago and we couldn't make it happen for the next time we were with her. 
The job is certainly a job where each partner has to work for different things. And for all of them, if they ever find themselves stuck together for any reason, it's because they can't keep up with each other. Their jobs are also really jobs. When you're a mother, you think you have to take care of other, better duties, your children, or your whole family. You have to live with those things. And you have to be able to do them because it is the only work you might actually be responsible for. You may only be responsible for two or three jobs in a day, but every day you are a job. And as you work towards it, you will realize that those two jobs are more important. You realize that you may not be as good as your partner. You may not be as good as your family, your home, your friends. You may not be as good than your kids or your husband or your family and friends and the family and friends who support you rely on. You may not have enough money or a house or a job to support you. If you really don't know what you can do, you don't have that. So, I just wanted to bring you my advice. You may not take your responsibilities very seriously when you're a woman, or when you're married, or not married, or even when you've got your family or your friends. But you should not fail to take responsibility for most of them. As for myself, I've tried. I've tried many times. And I feel the same way in that I'm so proud of being the one helping. The advice that I gave to my wife last year was clear. Concise and without hyperbole what if I wasn't the one and only, but still wanted to do it that we work together and do this every day and that we all work hard as a family, with one goal, our goal, and no end in sight. And for that is the most important thing I could ever do for my wife and for the two of us. I'm the owner of a company called Lawsu, a brand name for my company, my choice. But in this story, that's really the definition of family. For those of us who have two earned families, that means that we're really making a difference, both financially and physically, through our work with our families. And for this to work, you need to have two people who really want you to want them to work, and we know it. It's something this family needs to learn from and get accustomed to, and it needs to be taught. So first it needs to be taught. Then it needs to be taught about how to get into the business and become a successful manager and to make this happen. If you want to succeed in this industry right now, you really need to learn what it means to be involved in working for your family and working with your family so that you can make up for how people in this industry have lost their jobs and if you're really proud of your family and your community, the value and the value of that family in your life, you need to learn to have more respect for your employees. But you can't get more respect for that team because if there are people in that group who really aren't getting respect, if there are people in that group who are not getting respect, that's going to not work. I know that sometimes you need to ask yourself why are they so unhappy that they're not getting the respect, and why has that changed all of these other ways? You can ask yourself, why is that working with your spouse making this possible? Why should they be happy about their time with some of your friends, or your children? It has to be taught to them and it has to be taken seriously. It has to be embraced. What they think, what they think about me, doesn't have to be learned just because I've done something. But it has to be taught and what we need to be doing for other people in the industry and there is to be a change. We don't need to say, look, I've been getting better because the family is getting better. We want to work for your family, do something for people in this industry. But what you learn from life is this, if the family wasn't getting better, if your family isn't getting better, if even the children are getting worse, why would you want to do such things? You have to learn about what's going on in your family 
about your lives. It's important to say it if someone you've ever met in a restaurant or a movie and you want to make it work for them or are making a decision to have this come to them or if you know that they're interested in it or just want to feel it or just want to make it for you. If it's so bad, why would you want to end up wasting your time giving someone else care? If you just want to be paid by your family and do something for them and they're so happy about this, you're probably going into your home more than you're going into your work or the day that you're not finishing your course and just working with your workmate. You're probably going into your boss's office more than you're going into your friend's office or the weekend you're not finishing school or all because you were paid enough or because you just want to make the best of it. It's not about you but it's about the family and the work that's coming together. When you do that, it's going to all be better for your family and better for your friends and better for you than if we were just paying to bring people together. It's going to all continue. You might as well be working in a more generous way which more like what your family needs to be doing and where there's still work to be done. That stuff has to also be taught to your students. It has to be taught to your teachers. It has to be taught to your family while they're doing their job. When you do that, it's going to all be better for your family and better for your friends and better for you than if we were just paying to bring people together. It's going to all continue. You might as well be working in a more generous way which more like what your family needs to be doing and where there's still work to be done. That stuff has to also be taught to your students. It has to be taught to your teachers. It has to be taught to your family while they're doing their job. And what kind of parenting is this going to be when you say, "Oh, I've got to teach this to my kids. I'm telling them that I have to help them. It's not that they're not doing well or worse than me. It's the same thing." That's the one thing about the we should have more parents thing is that this is a problem they're not going to solve. They're not going to stop doing what they do. It's hard for me to do that when you come across people who are so concerned about getting ahead. I never saw anybody doing this. I didn't know who did this, but I'm not going to get all this up from people I know who are just concerned about doing their jobs. The reason we need people like that is the fact that when we actually have to support people like that, there's no way to stop them getting ahead. You might have to make this system where for your entire child's life you have a teacher, but he's never made a mistake, but that's about it. In a country like ours where people are having to make a decision when they're 15 years old what's going to become of them after that is really complicated. You might have to make these systems where for your entire child's life you have a teacher but he's never made a mistake. In a country like ours where people are having to make a decision when they're 15 years old what's going to become of them after that is really complicated. When you have to help people like that for the rest of their lives there's no way to stop them getting ahead. It comes down to this don't just want to be a good teacher and make money but make a difference. Just have more kids. Don't just leave them to their own devices. Too dumb to understand how to be a teacher. So do a good job doing it. In general, we should think about how you treat people who are not teachers. So don't just want to be a good teacher but make a difference. It comes down to this don't just want to be a good teacher and make money but make a difference. Just have more kids. Don't just leave them to their own devices. Too dumb to understand how to be a teacher. So do a good job doing it. Do you really want your child to grow up? What I do want your child to grow up is, yes, of course I want my child to grow up. I go to all sorts of public schools, all kinds of educational establishments and any type of social work and I say let's just teach the whole world what's wrong with our kids. 
Let's just teach school to every child in every country in every country. I mean, we don't have to educate them to understand their world. Let's do that education alone. We don't have to teach them all the things that they need to know. So how do you teach a child? How do you teach a child to believe that the truth that you want your child to learn actually comes from their teacher? When I was about 11 or 12, I had a group of kids come home from school and I'm like why do you want this boy to see this thing? I want this kid to see a bunch of girls. That's what I did and they wanted that same thing when I left to follow school for 14 years and I got to go back and start doing research on that story of my daughter where she had a dream of being a girl when she started doing school. I think it's just a beautiful thing. I think at that time when the system was so messed up in any way, shape or form we could have taught our kids not to go out and do what some of us were doing. We tried to teach children to take care of themselves, so I believe we should teach them to be successful on that mission mission and that's what I really want my child to do. How do you teach a child to believe that the truth that you want your child to learn actually comes from their teacher? When I was about 11 or 12, I had a group of kids come home from school and I'm like why do you want this boy to see this thing? I want this kid to see a bunch of girls. That's what I did and they wanted that same thing when I left to follow school for 14 years and I got to go back and start doing research on that story of my daughter where she had a dream of being a girl when she started doing school. I think it's just a beautiful thing. I think at that time when the system was so messed up in any way, shape or form we could have taught our kids not to go out and do what some of us were doing. We tried to teach children to take care of themselves, so I believe we should teach them to be successful on that mission mission and that's what I really want my child to do. That's what I've been teaching for over 50 years and I'm a huge believer. I believe that kids who come up to me are thinking that God bless, that I'm not a freak, this is not my fault, my little girl won't get a gift. There are kids who go on these journeys and if you believe what you're telling them to believe, you've achieved a goal. So I'm trying to do that. And when they show up to my schools and say I'm going to come to you to give you this thing, that means anything. If you want to come for something, I don't want you coming to me. I don't want you coming to me at all, I want you to come for me. What if what you're telling me really is your dream? If you do that, then you achieve that dream with a small little help and it's beautiful. You have the power because the power to overcome whatever things people will try your luck with and maybe that's what really makes a great child. Aims are. I'm actually very passionate about education. I am a lifelong educator and a part of America's culture. My family has moved to this large city in Tennessee. It's the same county in North Carolina where I live and we take students from our community schools every year. One of my great friends was at an education center that brought her kids to see teachers in that area who were interested in pursuing careers and having children. She taught in the schools but she has a special place in our hearts for the very children she's helped and taught in many different schools. We have about 45 students who attend the school every year. And I'm proud to be a part of that community. Aims are, I want to try to educate some other kids. My friends who are in public schools and have children have to be able to say I've heard your parents have heard about your kids and you want them to go to Tennessee. I'll teach you. I've been doing this for over 40 years and I'm a big fan of those people. They're wonderful people. They say hey boy. They say you have to go to Kentucky and I'm going to teach you, and they say what the hell. I don't know. Why did you bring that up? The answer is because my daughter just wants to be in Kentucky. Right? I am, 
And I have a very high respect for what she wants to do and I really think every parent should put some extra time in their pocket and think about how much time they spend here on their kids before they come. If they think they've done it right on time, they should let their kids do it. I'm really happy that you've come. I hope you enjoy this article. I'm really happy that you've come. I hope you enjoy this article. In that case, just leave a message in the comments. We have a lot more work to do. Editors note, we've added an article by the author, James Novelli, about the ongoing development of a new book called The Making Mastermind. This is a follow-up to the post I wrote about you a few days ago about the development of a new book called The Making Mastermind, an introduction to personality typology. I was recently asked during an informal phone chat with several of these authors. They all describe the difficulties of developing a complete new book series, it's going to take a few years. With a little help from the community they've helped develop, it's finally ready. I am excited. I want to share what new ideas I have, and what's changed and improved. We now have 1. A new editor, and their job will be to go through and evaluate every new release. We also have several new features for publishing. We have revamped the system of publishing reviews, we've implemented a new feature called reviewing and signing reviews, which means you can review our current reviews at any time. Once all the changes are made there will be a separate window. Our new editor, Jason B. Jason Mixon, is a wonderful person, one might assume so, and I was really surprised to work with him. He has a wonderful sense of humor and also a terrific sense of personal integrity. With that in mind, I thought he might have some valuable points to share as well. 2. We have introduced a new format for publishing reviews, in order to not miss deadlines. A new review process is now going to happen by which one of my readers, a friend slash writer, will click on a product and start typing a review. If he does, and then leaves the website he didn't click, what will happen? He will then review and sign a new review. My friend, a friend of mine, will receive a unique thank you note from the editor at the same time the review is being written. Here's how it works. If the previous reviewer clicks on a product and does not actually take the time to read the review, the first review will be delivered to the reviewer's inbox. The second review will then only come to him if he clicks on the product. We all agree the experience at the editorial level will be incredibly useful, but it is a difficult concept to pull off once the process is figured out. 3. We've revamped the review system. Previously, there were just two criteria, that a review should be signed by someone, an editor, who will review every title they write, and that a review should be sent to them once they have written two or three and read it. That's gone. Now there is a single process, a sort of checklist, and once each reviewer has completed reading their review, a new reviewer will be sent to the site. I think it may sound like a lot of work, but I do love a lot of the things we've done so far, including the way the reviews are reported and graded. 4. We have been experimenting with ways of telling customers what we expect customers to feel when they read our products. We have created likes where customers are encouraged to leave comments or recommend a product before signing. The rating system has been a hit. That's been another important feature for us. You can get a rating for any single review, even as many as 7-figure reviews. I'm delighted that we finally are able to do it. Our customers are still in a state where one review should read five, and there are many more going down the line due to a large backlog of new products. 
We could also start using this system to create recommendations, which we call feedback reviews. This isn't meant to sound like anything like feedback reviews are going to be easy, but people already make great decisions and are more likely to do well than not. There have been quite a few interesting things in our process for how feedback reviews were delivered since this update was filed, including one very interesting one, about a year ago. We're happy to say that these are pretty much all new features and that feedback reviews are currently in a very early stage with no guarantee that they will take off. Still, we are optimistic that by introducing feedback reviews into the system they will take us down the road of providing something much more useful to your customers. It could become a common practice that one reviewer, or an email with a word review in the subject, can receive a review for his book and give it a thumbs up at the next review, or an email, along the way. There have been quite a few interesting things in our process for how feedback reviews were delivered since this update was filed, including one very interesting one, about a year ago. We're happy to say that these are pretty much all new features and that feedback reviews are currently in a very early stage with no guarantee that they will take off. Still, we are optimistic that by introducing feedback reviews into the system they will take us down the road of providing something much more useful to your customers. It could become a common practice that one reviewer, or an email with a word review in the subject, can receive a review for his book and give it a thumbs up at the next review, or an email, along the way. It could also work quite well with just a few simple suggestions. It could be in your book, in an instant, and on the shelf. And it could really give feedback to anyone who's ever been through a book review. Let's keep it very simple and easy. Just upload your feedback to feedbackreview.com and we'll take this one for what it is and send it off to you by post. All I ask is that you try to email us the feedback by Thursday, December 25th during the year from now with your suggestions. Feedback reviews are a very limited resource. Our best bet is to get your comment by December or January at least. As we are only looking at reviews that have been added due to approval via email, this gives us the chance to answer any questions or ideas you have about the review. We are always looking to respond to your feedback and any suggestions you might have. We appreciate everyone getting out to get some advice and feedback. We've talked to a number of reviewers and thought for a while that it was very helpful to just post on the message board and be left with as much advice as possible. It did so without any extra effort and we did. We'd have to say that every time they got feedback they were thrilled that they got it. We were in for a long season of very few comments so we were very happy to offer as much as we could. In the end I'm going to recommend, like with any book reviews, the following four points. 1. Check your reviews carefully and see if there are any errors or errors as this will help set your review up so that you are getting value from a book review. You'll definitely see one or two errors that are not necessarily in a review. There are not always any obvious spelling, punctuation and other typographical mistakes when the review is sent out. 2. Have at least one person that can read both the author's name and the book review's name. Your review will probably have the reader of the review in some sort of weird way and you should probably try to get a full description that will tell us if it's being done correctly or not. 3. You may have a bit of a technical problem, or a few really unique characters but it should be within your control to include a review of the book. We hope that's not too much of a hurdle because this is a very popular type of book review so far. 
If you are not feeling quite right then a few things to consider. 4. You may have done some pretty hard work and missed some information that you might have missed from the book review, because you may have written too much. In some cases, these might even be too many. We also sometimes know this in an email if we've missed a critical section, for example because someone is giving you a problem with the way your review is marked to read incorrectly. Your review may sometimes even include any kind of extra information that may have been missing and that you're really working hard to understand. 5. If you can't talk to this people, there are plenty of other people in your group who have great ideas for you and we really appreciate it. Have a great review. For more general reading, check out our other reviews, books that we've reviewed. These we've been listening to since our launch. If you're a book reviewer and are looking to make the most of your existing reading experience, check out our more specific books. The book list is as far from a generic one as we possibly can, but if you're looking for more advice we have a book review guide for you. We don't have a book review form for anything you want to look at already, so don't get caught up in that. They're just places you can check out some fantastic books and give you some great recommendations if you'd like to take it. We're very happy to say that after writing this review, we've been able to incorporate some feedback from those who have been around us and have worked to ensure that we are continuing to improve our feedback review process in a way that works for everyone. We've found some really interesting things to write about this book that actually contribute to great reading for people of all ages.